Universe, the Batman Universe podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 51. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... This is Nick, and only Nick. That's right. Uh, so, we've got some stuff to cover uh, as far as news, and we have, of course, a spotlight character and a feature. And this feature, we are going to do... We're going to talk about uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Obviously, it's not coming out till this summer, but uh, for a lot of people out there who listen to this podcast and don't really follow the comics, you might not even know who the Red Hood is or what the big deal is or why they would even be making a movie about it. So that's what we're going to talk about in the future. So let's get into the news and we'll start off with movie news. So in movie news, we only have one thing to report. On March 24th, it was announced that on World's Finest that uh, there's been another voice actor confirmed for the upcoming DC animated film Batman Under the Red Hood. This time, the character cast is none other than Black Mask. Voice actor who will be playing the role will be Wade Williams. Now, you may not have ever heard of Wade Williams, but he did play a pretty prominent role in the TV series Prison Break. Yeah, I used to watch that show, and uh, he, he was actually one of the uh, better characters in the show, I thought. And um, his voice is very gruff. It's quite intense. I think it could be... It's a, it's not one I would have thought of for Black Mask, but um, it might fit. It might fit. I'm interested to see how it works. But um, fairly good actor. Good choice. I'm glad to see he's getting some work as well. So we've got a bunch of different actors that have been announced, and I'm sure we'll see some more because we know because this movie's based on a a series of comics that came out within a two-year time frame, there's a bunch of characters that we know will be in it. Black Mask, obviously, is one of those characters, but there's other characters like Mr. Freeze should also be in it as well. So we'll see who uh, gets announced next. And it was Brad Bellick was the name of the character from Prison Break, in case you're a fan of that show. Weird, sir. We can't ID him. No fingerprints, no distinguishing marks, and we, um, can't get the mask off. Yeah, but we have him. And that's what counts. All right, so moving into TV news, uh, two things. And... March 24th, Warner Brothers sent over the details again for the episode The Super Batman of Planet X. And the synopsis for this episode was Batman lands on a distant planet, Zurinar, and finds his doppelganger, Batman. But more surprisingly, on this planet, the Cape Crusader has superpowers. Together, they battle the mad genius Rotal, who soon learns Batman's super weakness. 
So this episode obviously has already aired. It aired on March 26th. So uh, thoughts on that episode? Well, Kevin Conroy came back and he played uh, the Batman on and R, which was kind of cool. Were you expecting that? Were you ready for that? Because that was a complete surprise to me. I, you know, when I saw the announcements, it was a complete surprise because, I mean, we all knew that he was going to play some kind of role in uh, the Chill of the Night episode, but nobody said anything about him, you know, voicing any other character. So it was kind of a cool bit to read, but then actually watching the episode, it was really interesting to actually see it and hear Kevin Conroy's voice coming out of somebody who didn't look like Batman from the animated series. Hmm. Uh, did you enjoy the episode? Overall, I mean, it wasn't... I don't think it would go up there with one of the best episodes ever, but, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. I mean, for me, it was just everything I don't like about Brave and the Bold with all the spacey stuff, like getting sucked into black holes and stuff. So, for me... It was fairly well put together, but just it's all a bit too ridiculous for me. It was almost as if it was a reunion of sorts, because Clancy Brown played Rattal, the bad guy, which he's mm. he's voiced some other characters on the show too. But and then Dana Delaney, who voiced uh, Lois Lane on the Superman animated series, she was in there too. So it was kind of cool to see a bunch of you know the animated series people from the '90s do some voices. They clearly realize these are names that are going to make us sit up and notice when we watch an episode like this. Alright, so then on March 31st, Warner Brothers sent over the details for the episode that aired on April 2nd, which was entitled The Power of Shazam. The synopsis for this episode was Batman teams with Captain Marvel, the superhero alter ego of the young Billy Batson, to battle Dr. Savannah and Black Adam, who wish to usurp the the magic of Shazam that gives Billy his power. This episode, I mean, it's cool to see Captain Marvel, um, another another nod back to the 90s series, because Tara Strong voiced uh, Billy Batson, surprisingly enough, a girl voiced Billy Batson, but uh, mm. Tara Strong, for those who don't remember, uh, voiced the character Batgirl on the animated series. Uh, yeah, I haven't got around to watching this episode yet, but Cap- Captain Marvel is a character I don't know a lot about and one I'd like to find out more about, because he seems to have... He seems to be a very golden age hero who seems to have disappeared from... Well, he's not in much of the mainstream media anymore. I know they've been trying to do a film with him for a while, but... But yeah, I haven't seen this episode. Did you like it? Would you recommend it? Uh, it goes, again, with in that little... Uh category of the middle stuff not not bad but not not one to remember either uh one of the cool things that i that uh you know comic fans would know might notice is that uh there was a reporter for for a tv station and the tv station was called wiz and for those who don't know wiz was actually the name of a comic book company that where captain marvel came to, was created and then dc bought out wiz and that's how they got the rights to captain marvel so that was kind mm. of a cool nod too. Yeah, they like putting in these little uh, little pieces of information, don't they? All right, uh, that's all we've got for TV news right now. And now we're expecting to to have the uh, the chill of the night episode air uh, probably the same time that you download this episode and listen to it um, on April 9th. That's what we're expecting. Uh, as of the time we're recording this right now, we don't know for sure, but we assume it would be right around that time frame. 
Have you seen it yet, Dustin? No, I have not. You're you're not one of those ones who's going to sneak on the internet and check it out a bit early then? No, but I have heard that it has already aired over in Europe. Yep, and um, I've seen it, and uh, you can, if you're sneaky, go on the internet and watch it a bit early if you want to get ahead of the game. And without giving any spoilers away or anything, it is by far, to me, the best Brave and the Bold episode I've seen. And I've seen them all, and it just stood out with a lot of quality, great acting, great uh, character development, really interesting, and just another level that the Brave and the Bold has never met for me. And so make sure you check it out. Even if you've never watched the Brave and the Bold, you you think, I'm never going to get into this show. That's exactly how I feel every week. This was the episode that finally delivered. So if you've never seen it before, make sure you just watch this episode. It was really good. A while back, I took a hit out on Thomas Wayne. Remember him? Big time doctor. Rich guy. Did a stint in Blackgate because of him. Who did you hire to do it? Mm, went all wrong, though. I gotta answer you something. Wound up off on Wayne's wife, too. Who was it? I mean, yeah, Wayne had it coming, but I'm no monster. <sighs> Left their kid without a maw. Felt kind of bad about that. What was the man's name? <sighs> what do you care? You're not the only one in need of forgiveness. Yeah, okay. Some guy named... (coughs) Chill. Alright, so that's going to move us into merchandise news. Uh, Again, not very much to report, but uh, on March 24th, Toys News International posted up some info about a new set of replicas from Toynami. The set will include the Batmobile and Batwing from Tim Burton's 1989 film Batman. And there was a bunch of details. Now, the real interesting thing about these replicas is the price tags. The Batmobile, which will be a total of 29 inches long, 12 inches wide, and 6 inches high, um, will be limited to production of 500 units worldwide. And this item will sell for $1,999. Woo! And if that wasn't bad enough, the Batwing, which will measure 27.5 inches wide by 23 inches long and 14 inches high, which will also be limited to 500 units worldwide, will be selling for $1,499. So these are going to be something that people who really just have a lot of money to blow are going to be buying. Yeah, and not making many of them, that was obviously because of the cost, but uh, they do look very impressive. I mean, one of the reasons I think I loved the 89 film so much when I was younger was the vehicles, and um, these are very impressive. And uh, But, yeah, it's going to take a while before I have that sort of money. All right, so the next thing we've got is that week of March 20. 20- First, that weekend, that during sometime during that week, DC Direct uh, announced their items for November of 2010. Um, and there's a bunch of different items. We're just going to go through them real quick. Uh, one of the items was the Joker one fourth scale museum quality statue, which will be three hundred and twenty five dollars. 
another one, Amikami Heroine Series, Catwoman Version 1, Purple Suit Variant PVC figure, which will be $60. Um, then there's going to be a Cover Girls of the DC Universe Batgirl statue, which will be $99.99. There will be a Gotham City Stories Part 4, Harley Quinn vs. Robin statue, and that will also be $99.99. Then we have two DC Universe Online statues, the first one being Catwoman, and these are ba both based on the art of Jim Lee. The Batman one will be $80, and the Catwoman one will be $75. Um, now, interestingly enough, I'm starting to think that DC Universe Online could be coming out in November. Um, with these statues being announced, it's almost as if they are announcing, without announcing, that the game is going to be coming out this November. Well, it'd be strange to be releasing these statues, trying to promote the game, you know, before or after the game's been released, isn't it? It's got to be around that time. You wouldn't expect a statue six months after or before the game's come out. Right, and especially with what we've seen with uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, the uh, the movie's coming out in the summer, which that they haven't actually given a date, but they've said the summer. And lo and behold, one of the items that was also announced uh, this time around was a Batman Under the Red Hood Red Hood maquette, which is basically a figure statue, which is going to be $99.99 as well. But this is coming out in July, right around the same time as the previous DC Universe animated films have come out around that Comic-Con time frame. So... That statue is obviously coming out right when the movie comes out. So, And we've seen it happen with Superman Batman and Justice League Crisis on Two Earths as well. So it doesn't make any sense for the game not to come out when they say the statues are coming out. Well, it has taken a while for uh, DCUO anyway, so it's about time they got on with it and released it. It's got to be this year, isn't it? I, I would sure hope so. Uh, but anyway, do any of those figures stand out to you as uh, being pretty impressive? Um, I mean, probably nothing that I would be buying, but then again, that doesn't say much because I'm not a big statue person as it is. Um, the Joker statue is really kind of cool. Um, it stands about 19 inches tall, which is kind of cool. Um, it's him standing next to a pile of uh, dynamite with a uh, trigger box, which is kind of cool. And I'm, and I'm assuming it's cl cloth clothing and resin figure. So, I mean, it's that's kind of cool. I wouldn't be paying $325 for it, but I know some people would. Oh, yeah. He murdered me. In cold blood, he murdered me. And he did it for the fun of it. But I came back. How? I don't know. And I don't care. I was never avenged. My father never avenged me. And even though he had many chances, he never had the backbone to go through with it. But that's all going to change now. He and I will meet again. And when we do, I will make him avenge my death. Even if I have to kill him to do it. Make no mistake about it. Alright, so then moving into video game news. Um, 
again, only one thing to go over, but on March 31st, DCUO announced another character uh, for the game, and the character is none other than the Mad Hatter. Um, there are some images that we've got on the website of the concept art, and it looks pretty interesting, I gotta say. Uh, it definitely, obviously, is Jim Lee. We all we all know at this point that everything that's coming out with, for this game is based off of Jim Lee's work. But this, I, I gotta say, it's one of the better images of Mad Hatter I think I've ever seen. Yeah, there's a great poster of him we've got on the website of him holding a pistol and drinking some tea, which I think looks very menacing. And, uh, and I think you're right. I think it's one of the more compelling images of the Mad Hatter I've seen. He's not one of those what, those characters that updates into modern time very much. He's always got you know he's got his bow tie and his top hat and everything, but. But he looks pretty good in this one, and menacing. Yeah, and it's interesting that they release this character right around the same time as Mad Hatter's getting a lot of, uh, I guess the best way to put it is press, with uh, Alice in Wonderland coming out in theaters. You're mighty in Gotham, Batman, but in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter reigns supreme. <laughs> All right, so that's going to take us into our spotlight character. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a short episode, but <clears throat> we've had some news, and now our spotlight character is going to be a character called Numbers. And let's read about Numbers. Carl C. Cave determined that three was his lucky number and lived his life with that as his guiding principle. Considering that his name featured the third letter of the alphabet, and he was born on March 3rd, the conclusion was fairly obvious. What clinched it was when the low-level criminal won a substantial sum after betting on the third horse in the third race at a local racetrack. Later, he crossed paths with Batman Robin when he won big betting only on the number three, or its multiples, aboard an illegal gambling vessel. The dynamic duo found themselves powerless to act since the boat was anchored beyond the three-mile legal limit. Flushed with success, Cave surrounded himself with three underlings and began committing a series of crimes based on his lucky number. While he eluded the police, the media covered his exploits and named him Numbers. Eventually, the dynamic duo did apprehend Cave, who was jailed for his crimes. And a good majority of this happened in Detective Comics number 146 from April 1949. I was not aware of that character. That's why we have to spotlight some of these characters that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. He's not reappeared ever since then? Nope. Mm. Maybe Grant Morrison will uh, be listening and bring him back in some form. So let's get into our feature. We've got a couple of things that we want to cover. Um, we know that Batman Under the Red Hood is going to be the next DC animated film coming out. And that's scheduled to come out sometime this summer, which we're going as far as to say it's coming out in July. Um, now, some of you who are concentrating more on the movies and merchandise and not necessarily on the comics have probably no clue who this Red Hood character is. 
and if you do you might not know as much information as you should or could or even need to know in order to figure out what's going on in this movie now as most of you know Nick does a uh, feature on the comic podcast called Bat Books for Beginners and very recently within the last two episodes he did a a set of books that focuses around the origin story of a character named Jason Todd, which is another character that a lot of you may not know. So I'm going to let Nick tell you about Jason Todd, and then we'll tie it into why this character ties into Under the Red Hood, the movie. Uh, Well, Jason Todd was originally brought in in the 80s uh, after... Dick Grayson was no longer Robin, and uh, there was a, f- a couple of stories with Batman just by himself. And then they decided to bring another Robin back in. So they brought in a character called Jason Todd, who um, was a young boy in Gotham, and he stole the tires of the Batmobile, and that's how he was first introduced in those issues that I reviewed. And then that's how he first encountered Batman, and we learned through there that he becomes the second Robin and uh, and begins his crime-fighting crusade with Batman as Jason Todd. He's very he's similar physically to Dick Grayson, but he does have some different uh, different traits in his personality. All right, so then essentially what happened was Jason Todd, he was Robin, and in 1988, Dennis O'Neill, which some people may know, he was a pretty big person having to do with things happening in the Batman universe in the 80s and early 90s, came up with an idea where they should give the readers an opportunity to decide whether or not Jason Todd dies in a story called A Death in the Family. And it came to be that uh, readers ended up deciding um, that they wanted to have Jason Todd killed. And that's what happened in the comics. So this character, who a lot of people perceived as a bratty person and basically not a very relatable person especially for that time time uh that was happening in the 80s you know a rebellious uh sidekick wasn't the best character to have around well readers agreed with that idea and they decided to kill him off and he died and he stayed dead but as we all know in dc not every character who dies stays dead so what ends up happening is uh in 2003, uh, the Hush storyline, which introduced Hush, and that was a Jim Lee, Jeff Loeb story, um, introduced this character called Red Hood. Um, during the entire Hush storyline, it was Batman was basically people. The villains were playing mind games on him, and they were making him believe that Jason Todd came back from the dead and in, had this alias known as the Red Hood. Well, at the end of the story, we find out that it wasn't in, it wasn't Jason Todd. It was actually um, Clayface mimicking uh, Jason Todd because Tommy Elliot knew about Jason Todd dying. Well, it didn't take long because some people actually thought it was a cool idea about Jason Todd returning. And Judd Winnick came along in 2005. Judd Winnick, who's a comic book writer, and started a story called Under the Red or under the hood and basically the storyline revolved around the mystery of the identity of this new red hood 
Um, in Batman number 638, it was revealed that it was Jason Todd, and then we kind of find out how exactly Jason Todd came back from the dead in Batman Annual number 25. Now, essentially what happened was he came back from the dead. There's no real reason for me to go over how he came back from the dead. If you're interested in it, pick, try to find uh, Batman Annual number 25, which I'm sure you could find at a local comic shop, and just read through it and you'll see how it happens. It'll also be probably explained briefly within the, the movie itself. Um, but this character, Jason Todd, has come back and he's Red Hood. He's essentially a vigilante who has no problem killing people. You could probably compare him to the Punisher from the Marvel Universe. Um, he believes what he's doing is right. He's not killing just random people. He's killing criminals. Um, so he would be considered an actual vigilante with who uses violence and murder to get his point across. Um... Now, how this ties into the story is well, what we've seen about the movie so far. Um, we've seen a couple different things. Uh, during, If you picked up Justice League Crisis on Tours and you watched that, you probably watched the first look of Batman Under the Red Hood. And in that first look, we saw a couple different things. One of them was a, a couple storyboard panels of Batman holding a dead Jason Todd. So we can assume we will actually see Jason Todd being killed, and then we could also probably assume at this point that we will also see some kind of um, explanation of how he came back from the dead. Um, in the first look also, or after the first look came out and after the started news, we also found out that there was two voice actors that were announced that we're going to be playing a young version of Robin and a younger version of Robin. So we can assume we will also see the back history of Jason Todd. Now this would also have to do with the, with the fact that Jason Todd has never been in any kind of animated form. He's never been in anything except for the comics. And just more recently, he's started to gain popularity. And because of this, I guess DC's decided to bring him into the animated world. So, with that being said the story will take place over years and we'll see the evolution of Jason Todd from Robin to being killed to coming back to the life and then to being Red Hood. How do you think they're going to structure the film though? Because I'm wondering if are they going to do these, you know, maybe 20 minutes in the past so we get to see Jason Todd's demise and then the rest of the film I mean you're assuming it's going to be a maybe what 70-80 minute long film and then the rest of the film dealing with the under the hood storyline or is it maybe going to be the under the hood storyline intercut with flashbacks to the young Jason Todd it's, how do you reckon they're going to structure it because I think it's a difficult one to narratively put together to try and make sense and be quite coherent well, I think one of the things they're probably going to do is just based on different animated movies trying to get across this type of story, uh, specifically this stuff happening over in the Marvel Universe with their animated films, it seems as if the movie would start off with some kind of action sequence, probably introducing Red Hood right off the bat, but not introducing him in any other form but the Red Hood and him taking out some bad guys, then I could see the credits rolling, and then right after the credits we see 
the backstory of you know Jason Todd becoming Robin, Jason Todd becoming rebellious, Jason Todd being killed by the Joker. Then after he be, he's killed, we see a brief story about him, how he comes back to life, and how he ends up becoming the Red Hood. And then we cut back to the actual Red Hood storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I can't really see it being done any other way other than you could do the backstory before the credits, but mostly most of the time the credits are within the first ten minutes, and I can't see them telling that entire story within ten minutes without not doing it justice. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I am. I, I I gotta say, as long as it's more than sixty-two minutes long, and we get closer to seventy or eighty minutes, I'll be happy. I haven't been very pleased with the run runtime of these last few DC animated movies. What do you think they've been a bit short? Yes. Hmm. Uh, Superman, Batman specifically. I watched that movie and thought to myself, this could have just been chopped in three and been made an episode of. Superman the animated series like they did with the world's finest one back in the day because I found mm. it to be very very short I'd agree with that one I think Crisis on Two Earths was about the right length for me it, it, they did a better job at actually telling the story I think um, it also helped that it wasn't based specifically off a comic either so it, it worked a little bit better mm. um, but there's so much to get through in this film. You've get you've got the death in the family to get through, and and who knows how much more before that about Jason Todd's introduction. I, mean, I assume if we're getting three actors to play Jason Todd, we're going to get a, a Jason Todd when he starts as Robin or in the middle of his Robin career, a Jason Todd when he dies, and obviously the, the Red Hood character. So you've got a lot of time before we get anywhere near the Under the Hood storyline. And a lot of story there to sort out uh, before we can actually get on with the under the hood story. So they got it's got to be it's got to be pretty lengthy this one. I think it's the biggest challenge they've had to be honest out of all the films so far. But I think they could do it because here's the thing: even though the Red Hood storyline itself that Winnick made back in 2005, even though that story is it did span over about two years. Um, it's a very quick read. You can read through it very quickly, which was the same case with the Superman Batman comics that were based off, of, or that that the Superman Batman Public Enemies uh, movie was based off of. Very quick read. The plus side is that the Superman Batman Public Enemies was only based off of, I think, five books compared to, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of eighteen books uh, for Under the Red Hood. So that. That's a good thing because that means they can make the movie a little bit longer, but it is a very quick read. You know, one issue doesn't give you a whole lot to keep going with, so it can be interesting how they do it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't doubt them right now. I actually think that they can do this well. I just don't want to be disappointed. Mm. I think it's 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 a really good. Well, it's an interesting choice because I think it's a great story for Batman to go through. I think it's quite a... He goes through some pretty low moments during these stories. And I think it would be a good one to convey uh, just Batman going through that. Alright, so the movie's not coming out till July. So we have some time between now and July before the movie comes out. So if you have any questions about Jason Todd or anything related to the movie itself and you want to ask us because you're kind of questioning some of the things you've seen in the trailer or whatnot, 
go ahead and send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and we'll try to get those questions answered in the next couple episodes leading up to the release of the movie in July. What are you? I'm cleaning up Gotham. You're becoming a crime lord. Yes. You can't stop crime. That's what you never understood. So this was a short episode, but we didn't have a ton of news, and the spotlight character was kind of short. But hopefully the feature made up for that and kind of give you an explanation of who Jason Todd is and who the Red Hood is, since you may not have known that. Alright, so that's pretty much everything for this episode. You can send us an email, as I said, to podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can also head over to the website for daily news, join the forums, can't get into the forums, send us an email and let us know that you can't get in and your account hasn't been activated. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also follow us, our, follow us on our YouTube page for the new videos that get posted up on the website. And then you can also leave us a review on iTunes as well. Thank all of you who have left reviews on iTunes and encourage the rest of you to please go over to the iTunes store and leave us a review as well. So that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Nick. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.